All the shepherds had to do was to repeat the words that was given them by the angel, by the heavenly host, and which they had seen with their own eyes, seeing the Christ child there in the manger, there in Bethlehem. All they had to do was repeat the information given to them, and they went forth and they shared the good news with others. And God is still calling those who have heard the gospel message, who have verified its truth historically and spiritually, those who have come to faith in Jesus Christ to make widely known the salvation of God through faith in Jesus Christ. You're looking too far for that need you have inside. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. So it's Christmas Sunday morning and Merry Christmas. What a blessing it is to be with you and we're going to be looking at the Christmas passage from Luke's Gospel chapter 2 verses 1 through 20 this morning. We know according to the Word of God that the first Christmas came with angelic announcements, life-changing decisions, and a governmental decree that forced travel on many of the people, all the people there in the area of Jerusalem, to where Mary and Joseph found themselves in an overcrowded city with overbooked accommodations. And yet the things that resulted on that day is a most wonderful gift of all in the birth of our Savior. The Word of God tells us in John 1.14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And today, Lord, we ask that you would bless the teaching of your word as we rehearse this very familiar story for those who are churchgoers, Lord, for those who love to celebrate Christmas, and Lord, for those of us who have read the accounts as found in Matthew and Luke in their Gospels. Very familiar story, Lord, but we pray that you would give it fresh meaning to our hearts today, that Lord, though we look at the very first Christmas, we ask, Lord, that this Christmas you would just bless us in a special way and bless our families as well. We pray your blessing also toward our church, our fellowship, the offerings and the gifts received. Lord, we thank you for the 30 years of ministry that you have given us as we celebrated our 30th year here in December. And we ask, Lord, for your continued provision for this church, 
for the families that attend this church. Give us all wisdom, Lord, in the days that we live. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we're going to be looking at the Christ child, the title of the message that I gave it from Luke 2, verses 1 through 20. And we find a God-ordained decree in verses 1 through 3, the house of bread, 4 through 7, an angelic birth announcement, 8 through 14, and glorifying and praising God, verses 15 through 20. But there's also an angelic birth announcement in verses 8 through 14. And though an emperor, a governor, a king, and an innkeeper were all unaware of the Messiah's coming, his birth did not happen without several supernatural birth announcements that had taken place. Jesus' birth was the subject of prophecy, as I've already mentioned. While Matthew tells us of a fulfillment of another prophecy involving a star and some wise men, Luke tells us of an angelic announcement that came to some shepherds who were near Bethlehem on that night of his birth. So 8 and 9 we read, There were in the same country shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over their flock. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were greatly afraid. Roy Swartz, who was with us from Chosen People's Ministry a few years ago, taught that there could be another thing that had taken place here, that perhaps these were the shepherds of the lambs that were set aside for the temple sacrifice. The temple in Israel at the time, and it was still there at the time, every morning and every evening they had to offer a sacrificial lamb, one in the morning, one in the evening. And so it could be that the shepherds who were abiding by their flocks in the field were perhaps watching over the sheep that were being bred and prepared for the temple sacrifices that they would symbolically then represent, one author wrote, the Messiah, these lambs representing the Messiah in cleanness and perfection, uh, of their sacrifice on the altar, and giving it a depth of meaning, if true, that these shepherds, if they were watching over the lambs that would be offered there in the temple, then would go see the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But seeing an angel... With God's glory shining upon them, it caused the shepherds to be greatly afraid. Matthew 24, 42 tells us, Watch therefore, you do not know what hour the Lord is coming. And it was true for the shepherds. They had no idea what was going on in Bethlehem, but they had this great angelic birth announcement given to them personally, where we'll read in a moment, a whole host of heaven was saying, Glory to God in the highest. We too do not know the time of our Lord's coming. It should cause us, as they were not prepared for the Lord at His first coming, it should cause us to be prepared for the Lord at His second coming. We must watch. So the angels said in verses 10 through 12, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. So the angels 
when they came to bring God's word to God's people, they first calmed their fears. This is pretty common when angels would appear to people, whether male or female in Scripture. We find that they were often afraid, terrified. You might think that, no, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't react that way. Just ask the Lord and show you an angel. Maybe you'd have a whole different opinion. I remember whether this is true or not. One man saying he wanted to see a demon. And the Lord, in his prayers, Lord, I just want to see a demon. He was allowed that privilege. He said that was a foolish prayer. I'll never pray that prayer again. Now, I don't know if that was true or not, but sometimes you might give more than you bargained for. Here they were afraid, and that's usually the reaction. He calmed their fears. They said, do not be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. So as angels do, they calmed their fears. They told them of the place where they were to be born. But they also said of Jesus three specific things. That he is Savior. He is Zoter in the Greek. He is Savior. It means one who saves or one who delivers. And Psalm 14, 7 said, Oh, that the salvation of Israel would come out of Zion. When the Lord brings back the captivity of his people, let Jacob rejoice, let Israel be glad. The salvation of Israel has come out of Zion. He is Savior. He was born as a child, laid in a manger there in Bethlehem. His name is Jesus Christ. He is Zoter, Savior. He is also Christos, or Christ. The anointed one, or Messiah, is how that Greek word is translated. And in Psalm 2, 2, the kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed. That in the Hebrew, the anointed, the same translation of the anointed one or Messiah, Christos in the Greek, he is the Christ. And the kings of the earth, there at Jesus' first coming, King Herod set himself against. We aren't going to go through that. But he tried to kill baby Jesus, as we know the Christmas story. We're not going to look at that today. But the kings of the earth did set themselves against the Messiah. And they did so at the end of the Lord's reign, in the sense of his earthly body when he was hung on the cross. And Rome and Judaism came together to see that the Messiah was crucified. Truly, the kings of the earth set themselves against him. The rulers took counsel together against the Lord and his anointed. So he is Zoter, he is Christos, he is also Curios, or Lord. And that means to be supreme in authority. And it can be that those who would have a Curios, we'd say master, savior, lord, owner. Another way, he is the owner. In Luke 20, 42 and 43, now David himself said in the book of the Psalms, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord said to my Lord, the Curios, he is Lord. The sign the angels gave to the shepherds concerning the Messiah's birth that they would find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger there in the city of David. 
And suddenly, verses 13 and 14, there was this heavenly host. There were with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Now we often translate this as the angels singing. They may have been singing. It says they were saying. They could have just been quoting it in unison together. Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. No matter the case, whether they were speaking these words or singing these words, to be those shepherds watching over a flock in the middle of the night to see one angel and then to see a whole heavenly host declaring the glories of God, it had to be overwhelming for them. In Revelation 5.13, it says, Every creature who is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and are such in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, Blessing, glory, and honor, and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. One day all the heavenly hosts will give praise to the Lord. On that night, it was the heavenly hosts of heaven giving praise to God to a world that were really unaware of the Messiah's coming. They declared not only glory to God, but peace on earth. And peace is the hope of all humanity, it seems, that people are always, why can't we just have world peace? Well, it can only be found through the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 2, 14 and 15, it says, For he himself is our peace, for he has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of the commandment contained in the ordinances, so to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. So that the two is speaking about the Gentiles and the Jews, that Jesus Christ broke down that wall of separation to make one in unity, Believers in Jesus Christ, that they sang or spoke glory to God. They said peace on earth, but also goodwill toward men. God's goodwill. Well, God, it tells us in 2 Peter 3, 9, that he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And he did so. He extended his goodwill by sending his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, John 3, 16. We know that the greatest Christmas gift ever given was God sending forth his only begotten son, who is Christ, Savior and Lord, the Prince of Peace, who is worthy of our praise. And finally, we look at 15 through 20 of Luke chapter 2. So the angels said to one another in verses 15 through 16, so it was... The shepherds said this, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go now to Bethlehem to see this thing that has just come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came in haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Though the shepherds had received the angelic birth announcement, they'd seen the heavenly host proclaim glory to God in the highest they had to go and to verify it with their own eyes. Let's go see this thing that had been proclaimed to us. And that is true for all of us. We hear the word of God being proclaimed. We find that prophetically 
There's truth in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Historically, we discover that things that were spoken in the Bible where historians will look at it and say, Pontius Pilate, he never existed. Therefore, we cannot believe the Bible. And then they discover a stone and a ring in Israel that has both the stone and his ring has Pontius Pilate's name on it. And they say, we still can't believe the Bible. Yeah, I know we found those things. We have historical evidence. We have the written word. But the shepherds had to go in order to see it with their own eyes. And sometimes we too must follow the revelation of God's word spoken to us and confirmed in the Bible. It could come through the preacher. It could come through a brother or sister in Christ telling you the truth of the word of God. It can be confirmed in scripture itself. But we have to step forward in faith like the shepherds. They had to go to Bethlehem. We have to take those steps of faith for ourselves that we'll be able to understand the will of God for our lives. The word of God tells us in Ephesians 2.10 that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so they went. And when they had seen him, verses 17 and 18, they made widely known the saying that was told them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. The shepherds had the privilege of being the first to testify of the birth of Jesus Christ to others. All the shepherds had to do was to repeat the words that was given them by the angel, by the heavenly host, and which they had seen with their own eyes, seen the Christ child there in the manger, there in Bethlehem. All they had to do was repeat the information given to them, and they went forth and they shared the good news with others. And God is still calling those who have heard the gospel message, who have verified its truth historically and spiritually, those who have come to faith in Jesus Christ to make widely known the salvation of God through faith in Jesus Christ. So sometimes you read a portion of scripture, you're younger, you read it and you think, oh, that's cool. It's the word of God. And then there's other times it begins to kind of give you a mission. You've come to this certain age. I'm one. I'm going to read you a verse that didn't have a lot of great meaning to me 30 years ago, but has a lot more meaning to me now. In Psalm 71, 17, and 18, the psalmist says, Oh God, you have taught me from my youth, and to this day I declare your wondrous works. Now, I had that when I 30 years ago. I would say, yes, Lord, this is true for me. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, now it takes on new application. So I have some gray up in my head, but my beard gives it all away. As my daughter-in-law told me just a few years ago, you know, if you'd shave that off, you would look a lot younger. It's like, I know that. But it, what she doesn't know, I'll just tell you the Pinnell curse Except for my sister, Helen. If I shave this off, there's a gobble neck being hidden underneath here. <laughs> so it's a good way to hide the sagging uh, chin that's taken place. So I think I'll keep it going. Longer. <laughs> I grow it longer. 
It might be a race of what gets longer. <laughs> Verse 18, so now when I am old and gray-headed, O God, I do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. And here, the psalmist in his old age, he says, I want to let the next generation know. I want to declare to this generation. And this has taken on a whole new meaning to me. I'm very concerned about the 20-something, the 30-somethings today, about getting the truth of the Word of God to them. So we too, like the shepherds, they heard the Word being proclaimed by the angels. They had to go and see to verify what was spoken to them, if it was true or not. Once they saw, they went forth to declare the message of Christ to make it widely known. And we, once we come to faith in Jesus Christ, should have that same mission. We verify the word through the study of God's word and gain an understanding of God's word, but we share the truth that's been given to us. We are to make widely known the salvation of God through faith in Jesus Christ. But Mary, the word tells us in 19 and 20, Mary kept all these things. She pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. So after sharing the Messiah with others, the shepherds returned to their fields. They were glorifying God. They were praising God. But Mary, she kept, she had a deeper understanding of these things. She pondered these things. So she kept them. In the Greek, it means to preserve or to keep safe. To ponder means to throw together or to put it in order. And so she was in her mind putting the events together, maybe putting uh, prophecies from the Old Testament together. They didn't have the New Testament at that time. Putting the events together. She had her own angelic birth announcement as Gabriel came to her, but also Gabriel came to her cousin, Zacharias. And she had the words of her cousin, Elizabeth, the prophetic words of Zacharias spoken after their son's birth, that of John the Baptist. She had also Joseph, who had seen an angel in the dream and would see other angels as well. She had the account of the shepherds, and soon the Magi would come from the east to worship the Christ child. Mary had much to keep, much to ponder, much to put in order in her heart. During the first Christmas, Zacharias, Elizabeth, Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, and soon the Magi in the narrative account would all give praise to the coming of Jesus Christ. They would all have the privilege to testify of Jesus Christ. And this Christmas, we too can participate in sharing the message of the gospel, the message of salvation with others, for truly Christ, our Lord, our Savior, has been born in the city of David. Galatians 4, 4 and 5 says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born of a virgin, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. May we also make widely known the salvation of God that is available through faith in Jesus Christ. And Father, we thank you, Lord, this Christmas morning for the church to gather together to worship you, to set aside this time 
for many in our nation, Lord, and for us as well. It's a time for a family to get together, to enjoy one another's company, to have a Christmas meal together, to exchange gifts. But Lord, it's also a day where we are reminded, here's your church, the day, Lord, that you gave the greatest gift that's ever been given, as you sent your only begotten Son, born as a babe, who would grow to be a man, And after three years of ministry on this earth, Lord, he would be put to death, but the grave could not hold him. The grave could not contain him. He resurrected from the grave three days later, and today he offers victory to all who put their faith in his name. Christ Jesus, we need such a gift. We need such a victory this day. I pray, Lord, for those who have never opened that gift of Christ never received Christ as their Savior, today would be the day that they receive that gift that's been given by the Father. For those, Lord, who have strayed away from the faith and you are calling them back, you know what's going on in their heart. You've been calling them home. May today be that day that they return to you in life-saving faith. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today. And may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today.